Come on, have we really praised him tonight? God's been good to us. Let's give him praise. Come on, all over the house. Lift him up. Glad to be on the East Coast Conference tonight. I am very glad to be here. Just a little bit, I'll be a, a lot happier about being here. Do what the Lord wants us to do in the rest of our day. It is an honor and appreciate the invitation. Selflessness. I realize this all the time. I'm here 14 weeks, and this is not just a show that this church puts on for East Coast. These people live like this. How many is thankful for the joy of it? put the weight on me, the other place is trying to take it off, so and, and another thing is, Calgary doesn't have Bojangles. But, but I have, I just found a place Calgary that Brother Keenan, all the years he's lived there, 30-something years, this place has been there, and he's never been there before. It's called Chicken on the Road. And so my weight's probably back on its way. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm trying to get over my nerves here. All your heroes are sitting behind you. It's it's a little nerve-wracking. So, Esther chapter number one. Let's preach a little bit. Looking forward to all the preaching that's to come in the next couple of days.
received something in this meeting. And I believe the Lord is going to bless it to you well. Exodus chapter 1. Now, Brother Booker, when I was a little boy, and I heard you preach all the time, you always had a reader and always wanted to be a reader. You didn't know who I was to ask me to be your reader. So I'm going to ask you to be my reader tonight, all right? <laughs> Esther chapter 1. Verse 10 gives us the understanding that the king has sent seven chamberlains, somebody say chamberlains, that serve in the presence of King Hazarus, verse number 11, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the royal crown to show the people and the princess her beauty, to show the people and the princess her beauty. One translation says her light. For she was a beautiful countenance. The queen Vashti refused to come at the word of the king, which was sent by the chamberlain. And the king was very wroth, and his fury burned in him. Verse 15. What shall be done to the queen Vashti according to the law because she has not performed the word of the king by the chamberlain? For the sake of time, and most of you already understand this, Vashti was removed from her responsibility. Regardless of how long she had fulfilled the office of being the bride of that king, and she became obsolete. She was no longer profitable. When she became obsolete, she was no longer profitable. When she was dismissed from her duty. The book of Esther is tucked in here because, and it is named rightly, because of Vashti's replacement. I want to talk tonight about the importance of the keeper of the house. The importance of the keeper of the house. Now I understand what's platform behind me now. I, I'm very well aware of that and it's very humbling because all of these men, as far as I'm concerned, are more qualified than some of you are. But I also understand the spirit of the age. And the spirit of the age is rebellion.
know what conference I'm at tonight, and I, for the most part, know the people that I'm at. But folks, every once in a while, we need a reminder that without the foolishness of preaching, better have more than just a preacher in your life. You better have a pastor. I said you better have more than just a preacher in your life. I know this sounds very strange in a conference, probably to say this, but in prayer this afternoon, the Lord let me know that there was someone in this meeting that would be in this service tonight, very key to the kingdom, very key to the future, that's on the verge. You have set your mind your face to go against the instruction of your pastor. And I'm going to try with the Holy Ghost Lord to get you to change your mind. If you would, Put your Bibles down. Let's all raise our hands right now and ask the Lord to talk to us. seated. It's been a while back now that I was reading a, an article from a, a man who was eminently trying his best to disprove validity of the book of Esther. And I probably didn't need to be reading that article, but sometimes I do my best praying and studying and preaching when I get mad. 
And the longer that I read this, the angrier, the more angry I became. And I don't know what good came out of this man's article for anyone else except that he caused me to fear, to study, to want an understanding. One of the points, one of the main points, just to simplify the article, that he kind of moved from into this argument was the fact that God was never mentioned in the book of Esther. And as I picked this particular file from the Word of God, and I began to sort through it looking for something, not, not that he caused me to doubt, but trying to find a purpose. Why is this story here? What is it to read? And he is right that God is never mentioned as far as his name given in the book of Esther, as far as spelled out who he is or anything. But when you take a magnifying glass and you pull this close, and you sort through it, even though G-O-D may not be written out in the book of Esther, G-O-D is all through. The book of Esther. And more importantly than just G-O-D being written in the book of Esther, there are spirits that are revealed to us that attract G-O-D or cause G-O-D to have favor. And then there are also spirits that are revealed through this book that cause God disgust. And so if you'll let me, I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit of the first chapter of Esther to get us where I want us to go tonight. Never looked at it this way before. Sure that it's been preached like this, never heard it preached like this before, but I'm sure it's been preached this way. But when I examined closely, I realized from Esther chapter 1, just to make it easy, that there in the beginning is a party that's taking place. This party initially is not open to the entirety of the kingdom, but rather this party, if I could say it like this, is by invitation only. There is only a certain uh, sect of folks that are allowed at the party. Prestigious people, people of position, people of power. The king is there, and there's merriness there, and everyone is happy, and there's festivities, and there's food, and there's, there's joy there. But not everybody initially is allowed at the party. Party's not for everybody. It's, it's, it's secluded. There, there's a sense of, uh, of seclusion uh, that, that, that is here. There, there, there's a sense of, of, of having to be a cut above of everybody else to 
in order to, to be a part of this initial party. But somewhere in the process of these festivities, the king of this kingdom decides that what good is this party uh, if we reserve it or keep it hidden within just a certain class of folks. And so the king, having the power that the king has, because he is the king over the kingdom, he decides, I want an invitation extended to the entire kingdom to this party. What good is this party if it's kept secret, if it's kept within seclusion? This party is... Uh, needs to be for everybody. And so the king expresses his desire for the entirety of the kingdom to be invited to be a part of these festivities of the joy and merriment. And so everybody shows up to the party. Everybody shows up to the party. Everybody comes to partake of the food and drink. Everybody comes to partake of the wine. Everybody's now invited. No, nobody's secluded now. It's not contained within just the four walls of a small room with just certain folks. Everybody, let everybody come and drink freely. And in the process of this party, and just stay with me, the king decides what good is the party without the bride? What good is the festivities? What good is the drink? What good is the food? What, what good is the joy? What, what good is the laughter without the bride? And it had more to do than uh, the way the bride looked as far as her physical attributes. It was more than just about the color of her eyes. It was more than just... Uh, 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 it, was, it had more to do than just with her figure, the way that her hair was the way that her hair was fixed. But he said, I want the entire kingdom. I want all of the people that have come to this party and the princes to see her beauty or to see her light. Everybody to see her, to see her light. Because there was something about the countenance. There was something about the presence of the bride. Now, I've been preaching this a whole lot lately, and I, I told God I tried not to get hung up here, but I, I, it's, it's going to be awful tempting not to at least uh, put a quarter in and, and, and hang out here for a second. But it seems like it seems like that there is a similar request from the king of this kingdom. I'm not talking about the king of Ahasuerus, but it seems like everywhere I go and every meeting I attend and every preacher that I talk to across the nation, it seems like that there is a similar request of the king. And that, and that request is this. I don't want this party secluded within the four walls of our churches. You, you don't have to wait till I get this thing running on all cylinders to get on board. You can go ahead and get on board right now. I, I, it's, it's, as, it's as if Jesus, the king of this kingdom, is, is he has this overwhelming desire to get a message across to the bride of Christ. You are the light of the world. And what good are you doing hiding in a closet of seclusion?
it's the will of God for us to have church like we have and let it be hidden within the four walls of our beautiful edifices in our cities and let the Muslims overtake us. the will of God for our city just to know that the Catholics are in town or the Baptists are in town or the Assembly of God are in town or the Charismatics are growing quicker than anybody else in town. I believe that we're the bride of the bride of Christ and I believe the King says I want your city to see your light. church, but I, I want you to understand we can go on having good church until Jesus comes back and never reach our city. We can have the best choirs in town, the best music in town, the best leaders in town, the best musicians in town, and the best preacher in town, and our city split hell wide open. The only way our city's going to know is if we get out on the streets, if we knock a door, if we get a bus but I feel the king pressing me to go to the door of the church over and over and over the last 12 months. Go tell them, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of, get out of your fear. Get out of your insecurities. Get out of feeling insignificant. Get rid of your inferiority complexes. Get rid of your, your attitude that nobody wants what you've got and scream it from the rooftops. I'm one God apostolic, Jesus' name, and there's nothing like the infilling of the Holy Ghost. that's arising in our nation about being filled with the Holy Ghost. Our people in our cities that are hungry for the Holy Ghost ought not go to the assembly of God to get the Holy Ghost. They shouldn't go down to the local charismatic church to get the Holy Ghost. They ought to, they ought to know there's an apostolic church services. I'm thankful for the Sunday nights that we shout and dance. But what good is that to the drug addict that's never heard about our church? What good is that to the people that are dying in darkness in our city that have never been exposed? Come on. Come on. I know it's a bitter pill to taste and swallow, but you know it's the truth. What good is our dancing and shouting if somewhere we don't get this out of the four walls of this building? But 
it can't go there. It's the will of God for every man and woman in your city to know that God delivers people from drugs in your church. God heals people from cancer. Everybody in this city ought to know that our God is a healer. God forbid we're like the man that laid at the pool of Bethesda for 39 years and got his miracle and went back home to normality and forgot all the other people on the steps that he had laid there with for 39 years. I'm going to say it again. God forbid that the apostolic church becomes like the lame man that sat on the steps leading to the pool of Bethesda that after 39 years he found what he was looking for but went back to normality. Where was he at the next time those waters were stirred to grab somebody up and help him? something in us that resists when there's preaching like this. There ought not be anything in us that causes our neck to stiffen at preaching like this. It ought to be the desire of every Holy Ghost filled apostolic in this place to let your world know there is a God. There is a God. What good of our festivities? What good is our shouting? What good is our good music? If the light doesn't show up. Come on. I know it's going to cost you some money, but I challenge every church that's in this place. I challenge every pastor to support it. If it's a passionate saint of God that comes to you and they're fit for the job, I challenge you, go to the slum of your city. Find those undesirables. Find those that nobody else is ministering to. Go to the rough side of it. Is it all right to preach like this in the East Coast Conference? Get you a bus and go across the track. have got to see the beauty of the church too. The slum across the tracks needs to know about the power. There's an apostle Paul waiting over there. There's a soul winner waiting over there. There's a 25 soul revival. But you got to quit being afraid of getting your hands dirty. Come on, best time. Get out of your closet of seclusion and let your city know where the light is.
believe that this is real. And right or we're a bunch of fools. And it was real and right for you. Have you been around this thing so long uh, that it's caused you to forget from where God brought you from? Have you been around this thing so long that you got some kind of temporary amnesia and you've forgotten that you hadn't always looked as good as you look? Somebody went to the slums and picked you up. Somebody went across the tracks and knocked on your Somebody picked your mama up when you were just a baby on her hip and she couldn't even afford to drive to church. But Jesus, Jesus. My God, help us remember what your word said. And your word said, to whom much is given, much is required. Oh, come on. It's time to let this thing reciprocate. We got to get out of the four walls of our churches and let our city know there is something that's real. There is a name that is greater. It's greater than your addiction. There is a name. It's greater than your depression. It's... I wish somebody would shout right now if you believe that this is real. I can't hear you if you believe this is real. I want you to shout. stir the light out of her seclusion. The Bible said that the word of the king went with the chamberlains. Another title for chamberlain is that which I had mentioned previously as part of the title for this particular message. A chamberlain was also called the keeper of the house. He wasn't just any Johnny come lately. Those seven men that Ahasra sent down there to stir Vashti out of her seclusion, those men weren't just any old somebody in the kingdom. Chamberlains were the keeper of the house. In fact, I believe it's very important that we all understand in this conference tonight that there was no one in the kingdom that understood the king like the keeper of the house. How can you say that, Brother Marks? Well, first of all, lots of hours of studying to make sure that what I'm telling you is accurate, but there is no one, Brother Spell, that had 
constant access that was in and out of his presence. Like the chamberlains, even the bride of that kingdom, even the queen of that kingdom did not have the open access that the chamberlains had. The chamberlains stood with him behind closed doors. Everybody else seen him in public as he smiled and he, he gave his obligatory waves. But when, when he stepped away from the crowd and his obligation to wave and smile at everybody and the door closed at night, it was the keeper of the house, it was the chamberlain that knew above anybody else in that kingdom, that chamberlain knew what he liked and what he disliked. Nobody understood what disgusted him and what made him happy and what made him unhappy, what turned him on, what turned him off, what made his day. Nobody understood his pet peeves. you got to understand those chamberlains understood how he liked how he liked his bed made. They understood how he liked it, at what time he wanted it turned, whether he wanted his sheets cold or warm, and I'm just going down and dealing with some very simple things now to make a point. They understood everything that pleased and displeased him. The keeper of the house was responsible for the protection of the harem. When Vastai was to go out, she wakes up one morning and decides she wants to go for a stroll. Well, there's nothing more than an opposing, am I, am I doing okay? An opposing enemy, there's nothing more than an opposing adversary would like to do than to uh, some way cause trouble or stir trouble with the queen of a kingdom they were in opposition to. And so it was the responsibility of the keeper of the house that as Vastai went for her morning stroll across the hillside, it was the responsibility of the keeper of the house to protect and look out for the bride of that kingdom. It was not uncommon for him to take his horse and to go ahead and to check out the path. Making sure that nothing lied in danger, nothing lied uh, lurking in the, or nothing lurked in the shadows, waiting to try to put its hands upon Vastai, upon the queen of that kingdom. There were times that he came back and he averted their direction, but never causing any alarm to Vastai. There were times that he saved her and she never even knew that he had saved her. While at the same time, he had responsibilities concerning money, concerning the finances of the kingdom. But one of the most important jobs, one of the most important jobs of the keeper of the house, and don't kid yourself, as all seven of them stood there and knocked at the door, beckoning for Vastai, you don't kid yourself, Vastai understood the significance of those voices beckoning for her outside of the door. But it's just like humanity. You can get to the place that you grow to where those voices no longer affect you. And you lose a revelation of how important those voices are. And if you lose a revelation 
of how important those voices are. And if you lose the revelation of how significant the keeper of the house is in that kingdom, you will lose your appreciation. And if you lose your appreciation, I'm sorry, this is, this is, I tried to tell God this is not a conference message, but God said this is what to preach tonight, so here we go. Don't kid yourself, she knew that. She knew that those keepers did not come alone, but they came with the word, bearing the word of the king. But it's easy in our humanity if we don't constantly remind ourselves of who that is stepping in that pulpit every Sunday morning. If we don't constantly remind ourselves of who that, I'm telling you, friend, that that man whose Honda sets at the church all the time, that's more than just the man that does all the stuff that nobody else wants to do around the church. Come on. That, can I, is this okay? That, that Lincoln that sits down at the church all the time, that's not just any old Joe off the block. That's not like the lawyers and the politicians in town. That man who drives that Lincoln, you better know and you better never forget. There's nobody in that city that knows like that man what it's going to take to please more than just the guy that will unclog the toilet at the church when nobody else will unclog it. When that man of God steps to the pulpit, whoever your pastor is, come next Sunday morning when he steps in that pulpit to preach, that's the keeper of that house. That's the man that God raised up in that city. And nobody like, nobody knows like he knows. Nobody. Nobody, nobody knows like he knows. Well, Brother Godair, they're not doing this over there, and they're they're not holding to this over there, and they're not they're, they're not as strong on this issue as you are over at this other church. Let me remind you of something, dear saint of God. Those that man over there and that church over there is not your house, and that's not the keeper of your house. If Durham First Pentecostal Church is your church. That's the keeper of this house. Hallelujah. And, 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 and if the church, two cities uh, away, for some reason the keeper of that house decides that it's all right to put a TV in every room. If the keeper of this house says we're not going to have a television, guess what? He knows better than anybody else what it's going to take to please.
another responsibility of that man that stood knocking at the door that fast I chose to resist an obstinance that fast I chose to rebel against that man's one of his main responsibilities is when the king went in to have intimacy with the queen the keeper of the house stood outside of the door of intimacy and made sure that nothing came in and defiled that moment it was his responsibility that nothing could interrupt a possibility of conception. And so the spirit rises up and is rising up in the church that says, well, what right does that man of God have to preach against? Come on, come on, preach it. Well, I figured I had more saints helping me right now. I thought there's more saints here love the pastor than this. What? What right? What right? There's nothing wrong with higher education, but what is that hillbilly redneck pastor? What does he think? Who does he think he is to tell my precious little baby that he doesn't think it's right for her to go to college right now? Now, why say that? I don't know. Why not say that? That came to my mind, so that's what I said. Maybe somebody here is dealing with that. Well, he don't have an education of his own. Friend, you better understand, you better get an education. That the education he's got is the education of knowing what it's going to take. But if God shows you something in the inner, in that inner place that he doesn't like, if you see something on his face that disgusts him or brings him displeasure, preach it without fear or favor. you got to keep whatever is trying to come in and defile the possibility of conception. Well, why? Why are you hard nosers still taking a stand against organized sports and against movies? I'll tell you why. We're trying to keep the world from defiling the possibility. just preach against carnality. I got news for you. You got to do more than just to preach about carnality in general. You got to preach against the things that produce carnality. And they have talked to me and they have twisted their my arm and they have told me how upset and how disappointed they are in me. But I got news for you. I feel the responsibility. You man of God's got to feel the responsibility to get specific. We can't let Hollywood in our churches. It's going to defile the possibility of conception. Hollywood's wrong. I don't care if it's coming through a TV, a DVD, a 
VCR through your phone or in five-minute clips from YouTube. Hollywood is wrong. It's wrong. And my response to them is, you preach what you want to preach in your house. That you think that's going to please him in your house. But we're the keepers of our house. And you keep your nose. And some of you got family members. Now, I don't went from preaching to meddling right now, but I'm meddling in the Holy Ghost. You got family members in other churches. And they're doing all kinds of garbage. And the things that's not important anymore, for some reason, you're hearing your pastor talk about how important they still are. There's a reason. And you better turn grandma off. I don't care how many hours a day she prays. If she's talking contradictory to your pastor... preachers you got in your family if you're if your family member is not the keeper of your house if your family member that's a man of God is not your preacher your chamberlain I don't care how successful he is I don't care how big his church is I don't care how spiritual he thinks he is he is not your friend if he's given you information that is contrary to the direction of the keeper of your house period period So when your man of God gets behind the pulpit and he starts preaching against sin, he starts preaching against pants on a woman and a woman cutting her hair and makeup and shamefacedness and jewelry. Come on. Come on. You don't sit back on your preacher. You don't make your preacher feel like you're going to draw your ties back. You get up on your feet and say, preach it, keeper. That's the keeper of the house. I want to know what it takes to please the king. so sick and tired of these forums and discussions and gossip lines on the internet. And it's preachers doing it. And you know what they're doing? They're breeding problems into their own churches. I'm 30 years old and I'm young. It's not my place to say it, but you just guys, you deal with me later because it's on me and I'm just going to say it right now. And you wonder why all of your sermons are up for discussion in your church. A saint has no more right to have discussion with other saints about sermons in a negative sense in the church any more than you and I have business. Brother Wilson, you going to help me get out of town? 
And many of the things that we're labeling the devil that we're trying to fight in our own churches, we're bringing because in another way, we're doing it on our own on the Internet. I'm not getting on the Internet discussing another man's sermon in a negative way. I don't care if I did disagree. Oh, I lost all of my help. It got real quiet. Saying to God, I'll tell you how to fix that. Next time that, that long nose, long tongue person in your church comes to you wanting to talk about what the man of God's been preaching, just tell them, you know what? I'm behind him. I believe what he said. And if you want to discuss it, let's go discuss it with him. And you nip that thing in the butt. That's the keeper of the house. sense to you. Come on. I remember when those, they call them wind pants. Now wind suits come out. We call them slickers. And they were comfortable to play basketball in. And so it was right before camp. These things would come out and they were hot, boy. And I went and got me a, a, a I, got, I got me a pair in every color imaginable. A different color for every day. And oh, there's no heat like Oklahoma heat in the middle of July. And, and the wide open on top of that red dirt, it's just miserable. I mean, if hell's that hot, I don't even want to go. And my, my pastor at, at the time, the man, the man that, that, that I owe so much to, he has, he has these moments. And right before we leave, he comes up with this wise idea, Brother Otis, that if you wear the wind pants, you're going to wear a pair of shorts over the top of them. Never heard that before in my life. I said, that's retarded. I said, he's bigger than I am. He's the keeper of the house. Apparently, in, in apparently he, he seen that for that house that there was something the king didn't like about wind pants without shorts over the top of them. You know what I did? I went and got me four pairs of shorts. And I explained 1,500 times. It's 100 degrees. Ignorant, why you got shorts over the top of those pants? Because the keeper of the house said. I watched him. He, he had another one of these moments like this. I watched him tell him for, for months, warning those girls, you keep the split down below the break in, the, in your knee. Keep it down below. And I heard him harp and harp and harp and harp and harp and harp. They wouldn't keep it down below the break of their knee. And so one week before we go to this big youth conference, he gets picked off. Keeper of the house. And the keeper of the house says, 
of the bride. The king wanted it down below the, the break of the back of your knee, and you wouldn't get it there. And so sew it up to the ground. And look like a bunch of ducks. Everywhere we went, we had to tack on an extra 15 minutes because it took us 15 minutes longer to get there. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen in your life, but that's what the keeper of the house said. What, what has happened to the day? Have we let the spirit of, of our society... Have we let it slip in the church? And we're going to question everything that comes across the pulpit as, well, that's not very relevant or that. That doesn't make any sense. What's happened to the day? Where, where's the day gone if the man of God said it? I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to hurry. I, I want to do good here tonight. I don't care how much power they have. I don't care how much they know what he likes and dislikes. I'm staying right here. And I'm going to tell you something else. If she had that attitude, you're the king of the apparel now. And she had that spirit in the king's house. traveling in our churches have come from people who have right sleeve links. They've been in this thing so long that they're now entitled to an opinion. It looks like In order for her, in order for her to wear those garments and to live in that house just to go there. There was a day that she adhered to the voices. But it all went to her head. And let it be a testimony to us all. That it doesn't matter how long that we've had it right. We can get in a time in our life and rear up against the man of God and become stiff-necked against the pulpit. And it doesn't matter how many years that we had it right. The moment that we no longer are responsive to the pulpit, we are no prophet to the kingdom. Jesus said it. He said, I liken this generation to something. He said, this is what I liken this generation to. He said, it's like this. We played, and you didn't dance. We mourned, and you didn't lament. Is this too old school? I thought, I thought East Coast was old school. I tell you the generation we're dealing with. We're dealing with an unresponsive generation. Come on. People just, they, they move when they get good and ready. 
don't move, they don't want to move. They, they move if they want to move. It's, it's, it's an unresponsive generation. But God is searching and he's looking. And he said, the bride that I'm looking for, that I want the world to see her light in these last days, is that bride that understands the importance of the keeper of the house and has quit. Come on, is there anybody that still feels the importance in your spirit to quickly respond? I'm hurrying, I'm almost done. We can't, something's got to be done about this. This has to be dealt with. Why? Because if the news gets out, that, that Vashti has rebelled and it's, and, and, it's, and it's let go. This thing will spread through the entire kingdom. You, we, we can't let this go. And I, and I love her and, I, and, and I'm thankful for all the good days and all of the memories. And I, I can see Hazarus, as he said, and he, he sits and he, he, he goes back down memory lane. He thinks about all the good times when Vashti didn't have his spirit. I can hear him saying, I, I remember the day that we chose her. I, I, re I remember when she had her spirit right. And, and I love her. But she and she's done some great things and, and she's been a great witness. But the, the, the moment that you become unresponsive, you're no longer qualified to feel the position of being the bride. I don't care who your family is. I don't care how many generations you've been in this. I don't care how many years you have under your belt. The moment that you become obstinate and stiff-necked and you don't respond to the keeper of the house, you are no good. And I preach it to myself. Let us never forget his ministry. Young men, young preachers, you young men that are aspiring for ministry, to ministry, hear this preacher right now. You're never going to get too old or too big. Just let me preach to young preachers. You're never going to get too old or too big that you're not going to need a pastor in your life that is there. such a place of graduating and no longer needing the voice of an elder. I don't want to ever walk across that stage. I, I don't know if there's some kind of unspoken time in ministry that you, you walk across into this new place and, and you no longer need correction. I'm not interested. I want to stay young. I don't care how old I get. I want to stay young because there is safety and security and having the voice of a spiritual father. There is So he's done with her. He's done. It's over. We can't, we can't do this. And so the process starts, and I'm hurrying. Stay with me. The process starts to try to find somebody to replace. Come on, who, who is fit? Who is qualified? Gideon. 
been here a long time. We weren't qualified to take the place. What is it that the king's looking for? What qualifies a bride to be favored? If obstinance and rebellion and the refusal to submit to the keeper of the house causes him to turn away, what is it that causes him to turn in? Anybody interested in that? I want his favor. I want his blessing. I want, I want to be chosen. I, I don't want to just be called. I want to be chosen. What is it that turns him in? I don't want to turn him off. I want to turn him in. So let's look at the spirit of the replacement for the book. If you'll read Esther chapter 2 and verse number 15. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. Read slow now. Read here. Read slow. She required nothing. She required what? Nothing. Nothing. But what? But what Haggai, the king's chamberlain. Who? Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. Stop. Do you understand what he just read? One's kicked out. Because she refuses to listen to a king. Here comes the next on the scene that we know because we've read the rest of the story that eventually becomes the one that replaces Vashti. And the spirit she has is totally contrary. Vashti had one, she, she had nothing to do with the word. She had nothing to do with the words of the keeper of the house. Here comes Esther on the scene, and the Bible says nothing else mattered to her. Nothing. Is that what the man read? Nothing. Somebody say nothing. nothing. Not what anybody else thought. Not what anybody else said. Not what anybody else was preaching. Not what anybody else was discussing. You can say what you want. I believe Esther understood. This is where Vashti missed it. This is where she derailed. This is where her ship wrecked. Esther had some kind of understanding in her mind that nobody in this kingdom understands what it's going to take to get his attention like the keeper of this house. I don't care what the emerging church is saying. I don't care what other organizations are saying. I don't care what the church across town is saying. I don't care what America's preachers are saying. What's my pastor saying? What is my pastor saying? I don't care what Dr. Field, Dr. Dobson, I don't care what Jake's, I don't care what Osteen, I don't care what Rick Warren's saying. What is my pastor? Nothing else matters.
And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them. She obtained favor in the sight of all of them. Read. That looked upon her. Looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his house royal in the tenth month. Read, read, read. Which is the month Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. Read. And the king loved Esther above all the women. Why? Why did she obtain favor upon all those who's, who looked upon her? Why? Come on. Come on. Her spirit. It was her spirit. Nothing else mattered to her. She required nothing but the words. She was putting into action. She was living out. She was playing out. She was dressed exactly the way. Come on. She carried herself exactly the way the keeper of that house told her to carry herself. And because she, come on, come on, she obtained favor upon all that looked upon her. And the king loved her above all the women. Read. And she obtained grace. And favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And you can only show me. There's only one, there's only one difference. One ignored a chamberlain. can show you the difference in apostolic ministries that survive and apostolic ministries that imploded. And there's usually one difference. All right. It goes on and on and on. And I'm, some of you already know some of these scriptures. Go to the book of one more Esther 8. Then think Esther chapter 8, the, the things that, that reciprocate, the things that, the, the domino effects from, from her finding the spirit somewhere baptized. She's a ventilator. The plan, Haman thwarted. He's, he's giving Haman a house with all the Verse number 16, if you would. This is where it kind of concludes. It just, but it just keeps building the favor and the blessing upon us and the things that happen because she chooses for nothing else. She requires nothing but the voice, if I could say it like this, but the voice. The Jews had light. Not only were the Jews spared, but the Jews had light, read, and gladness, and joy, and honor. Read. And in every province, and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment 
and his decree came. The Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. Now read, now listen, listen. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Not only were the Jews not destroyed. The Bible says that many. I believe the greatest harvest of the North American church lies something happened on Hudson Beach while we were setting the airport in San Francisco five weeks ago. I'm sitting in the back of a restaurant about to see traffic walking up and down inside the airport. Every once in a while, you're in the airport, you see somebody you know. this man that at first the only way I knew to describe him was like maybe the Bible describes Saul he was head and shoulders I don't know if you're missing or just out of stature just something about him just, you know some people are they just stand out in the crowd good cowboy boots on a pair of jeans a blazer and he's, he's taking these long strides like this he has walking with his head down, and he got for me to that back door probably. And he looked up, and when he looked up, I went, I got it. And the closer he got, I realized who it was. In my mind, I don't know about everybody else, but in my mind, and I, at one time, an apostolic icon longer with us, hadn't been with us for many, 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 many years. In fact, he left before I was even born. I was saved. I've seen pictures. The only reason 
and we would recognize them as good pictures of it. And he walks into the restaurant towards the bar. And as he gets from me to the bishop, from about me to bishop right here, he stops dead in his tracks and he looked right in my direction. And he kind of cocks his head and he says, Cody Marsh, which bored me. knew him because his reputation far exceeded him. I knew his face. didn't know him personally. If I could explain to you the emptiness behind his it couldn't if, if there was a way that I had the vocabulary to describe to you probably could have took the rings off his hands and pawned them and paid my house off. But the money, his, his shoulders, they, they, they used to tell me about when he would preach and he would, he would walk so straight back and he would take these long strides and he'd sit erect and, and he wasn't, it wasn't like that anymore. And I'm gathering in all this information watching this. And he's just got this look, this long look. And I'm, and I'm processing, Brother Booker, the information that, okay, he knows who I am because it don't matter how far these guys get away, they still try to stay connected. Yes, sir. He, he just kind of tucked his head back, stuck his hand in his pocket. I'll never forget. I'll never. It, it, it was surreal. And he steps towards my table, and I stand up, and I take him by the hand, and I hug his neck, give him a little kiss, and he sits down. And and this is kind of funny. I'm trying to close this seriously, but it is kind of funny. I, nobody will ever just believe this, and so I'm, I'm trying to get my iPhone on the table where I can take a picture. The whole time I'm watching this, for some reason, it, I, I, I'm realizing this is because this man did not have a pastor. He wouldn't listen. He didn't have anybody who could listen. And I'm, I am blessed, and I am only blessed because God has been merciful to me. But in the middle of the best years of my life, it was like a, it was like a shaking, startling, shaking moment. Cody Marks, you may never get to the place where you don't miss him. Because it was like death. It was like a walking this sounds weird, but it was so weird it was almost like I could smell the stench. Never felt any gloom. It took me days to get that. We talk about committed people. 
And you could, the only time you could see a little spark in his eye was when I'd bring up, or he'd bring up some real The only time he'd look up. When he starts to get up the road, I mean, it was God. I'm just telling you, I'm making myself vulnerable and transparent. It was a God moment for Cody Marks, okay? He goes to get up after about five or ten minutes. And he said, I don't know that I'm in a, in a position to give anybody advice. And his voice kind of cracked. He said, but if I was to tell a gifted young man something today, he said, this is what I'd tell him. He said, I'd tell him, find the depth. Make sure that whatever he does, that he matches with that depth of Jesus Christ. He slaps the table. Not in a sense of, I've got to touch his hand. He didn't say that. He still got some pride. He didn't say that. I've just stumbled through this. There's some capable men coming behind me that say it right. They won't butcher the king's English. I'm just trying to give somebody what God said was for their soul took his hand and he pushed up from the table. He said, brother, I got to go. He hugged my neck and he said, oh. We better check the depth of blessing and anointing that God has given us to make sure that we have a spirit of submission and a life of consecration to match it. I went from preaching right now to closing and I'm I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel prophetic utterance on my lips. There's a mom and dad and that teenager that's teetering on the edge. The direction that they're tipped is going to be determined by whether or not you choose to stand
You don't ever have to say anything. All you have to do is roll your eyes. You hear me. You hear me. They're watching. And there are Peter's.